Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 570, air date April 14th, 2020. Jasmine is out of Berlin and we're, we're going to be talking about some very important topics today, particularly what I've talked about, the medical mandates, which I believe is one of the, uh, f- uh, one of the reasons that this fear-mongering was created, and Big Pharma, my views on why they're failing. And so I'm going to be looking over here, and we're going to start shortly. So those of you looking from over here, you're just going to have to put up with it. Okay. Hi, everyone. Go ahead, Jasmine. May I start? Uh, Yes, go ahead. Okay. Go go for it. Dr. Shiva, you are a system biologist, and you have multiple uh, engineering degrees from MIT, and your focus is on biological engineering, a field that did not even exist 20 years ago. So what is it that you can add to the uh, corona discussion that we haven't heard from virologists or epidemiologists? Yes, so I think if you look at the field of systems biology, Jasmine, the reason the field of uh, systems biology was created was um, the entire scientific community, particularly those people really wanted to um, look at large-scale systems problems, which is what the body is, we're recognizing for far too long it was being owned by virologists, biologists, microbiologists. So if you think about this in a systems manner, if you think about a big airplane, engineers understand this, right? If you think about an airplane, imagine someone just knowing how the little bolt worked on the propeller. Or imagine someone just knowing the seat in the pilot seat, okay? Or how the steering wheel worked. These are parts of a much larger system. Biology has really been what we call reductionist, which means you win a Nobel Prize if you just understand how two parts work together, two proteins, okay? Or how you do the X-ray crystallography of some protein. You can win a, win a Nobel Prize on that. So the history of biology, if you look from the discovery of DNA with Watson and Crick, and actually there was a woman, Rosalind, Rosalind, I forget her last name, she was actually the true discoverer of DNA, and she didn't get the credit that she deserves. Um, but the history of the discovery of DNA, all the way up to 2003, was all based on what was called the central dogma theory of biology, which was, You find a gene and this gene will lead to disease. That was it. It was a very reductionist model. And people were incented for finding genes which created a particular disease. But in 2003, something quite remarkable occurred, which was we found out that we have the same number of genes as a worm. So human beings have about 20,000 genes and a worm has 20,000 genes. And this literally flipped biology on its head. And it flipped biology on its head is because people realized, wait a minute, um, you know, if the number of genes because biologists in their mistaken remember they're not systems guys thought that complexity of an organism was a function of the number of genes okay more genes more complex well engineers we know that's not true if i give you a hundred parts you could put them in a linear line you know connect them one after the other someone else could connect them up very differently it's the connections it's the interconnections that determine complexity so then people said wow It's not about the genes and the proteins, it's how they're interconnected. And this led to the recognition we needed to go beyond genes to understand molecular mechanisms. And that's when uh, MIT created the Department of Biological Engineering in 2003 because there was a recognition we needed to take an engineer's approach to biology and that there was a huge gap in knowledge and that would never be fulfilled if we just listened to what the virologist like an Anthony Fauci had to say or a biologist because they don't think about the ankle bone being connected to the foot bone. They're not paid for that. They're not incentivized for that. So that's when the field of systems biology came. 
I came back to MIT. I'd already done three degrees there, started various companies, deep interested in computing and biology. I came back and my goal was to create a technology which people thought was impossible to create. Imagine having a technology using the computer that could literally model complex interactions, mechanisms. So we could, for example, model cancer on a computer or we could model inflammation or the immune system or understand architecturally. That's a systems approach. That requires a very different breed of a scientist and that's what I am. That's a system scientist. So how, how does that um, translate to this corona crisis? So how are you looking at this in a, in a systematic way? Right, so from a systems perspective. So if you go look at, first of all, let's go back what system we're talking about. We're talking about something called the immune system, okay? Now, what is the immune system? Uh, I would argue that the immune system is like the operating system of your body. Michelle, can you? Yeah, it's okay. The immune system is fundamentally the operating system of your body. What do I mean by that? You're, you know, if you have an Android or an, uh, an iPhone or Android, it has what's called an operating system, right? That operating system, above that operating system, all the different functions, whether you're, whether you're using different tools, right? If the operating system is not maintained, what happens? Everything gets slow, everything gets dysfunctional if you don't update it, right? So the immune system is like the operating system of your body. It goes back billions of years all the way to vertebrates, invertebrates if you believe in evolution or even if you believe in natural design. It's the foundational system of your body. Well, what is that system? I used the word system multiple times now. Well, in 1962, we had an understanding of the immune system, just two boxes. And that was a basis of developing vaccines. It was, you had the innate system and the adaptive. And the theory was when a pathogen, virus, fungi, bacteria come to you, first your innate system wakes up and it tries to take it out like military soldiers trying to fire at it. And if that doesn't work, then it goes over to your adaptive system, which is like sharpshooters, which creates antibodies. Based on that understanding of the immune system, we based it on the, uh, that was a base of developing vaccines. And in the United States, John Kennedy passed the National Vaccine Act in 1962. However, by 1986, Jasmine, a lot of people were getting hurt, injured, and parents were starting to sue vaccine manufacturers. And then the United States created what was called the National Vaccine Injury Court. We'll come back to it. The reason I'm saying this is the understanding of the immune system we have today is so different. It's not just two boxes. It's that. There's a missing link called the interferon system, which I spent my PhD work you know, understanding and modeling the microbiome, which is all those amazing gut bacteria, uh, viruses and bacteria, the interconnection to the brain, the neural system. So it's a much more complex system. So and how does it translate um, to this novel coronavirus, everything that you right. just talked about? Well, you know, it's not so novel, okay? Um, you have to understand the history of those in power has, oh, in, in medical establishment, has always been to blame something on a virus. Find a virus, blame it on it, okay? It's like um, some accident takes place, we gotta find someone to blame that accident on. Well, the reality is that this novel, first of all, coronavirus has been around, they're everywhere. You probably have pieces of it, I do all different variations. But this, but this variation is new. Well, this variation is new, so are many other variations. We have 380 trillion viruses in our body right now. You're a walking germ factory, I'm a walking germ factory. The reality is that what has been, purported, like if I were to ask you, like what does a virus do to your body? What does coronavirus do? What would you say? You'd probably say, oh, I get the coronavirus. It's gonna attack my epithelial. I could die. I get scarring of the tissues, right? Barely. What's that? Most people, 
not necessarily. Most people do not get sick. They, right. they don't even have symptoms. Most people don't get sick, but if you ask one, someone when a virus comes to you, how do you get sick, right? They would think the virus, this is by the way, what the mainstream media promotes, or in fact, what the medical establishment, in fact, MDs, unfortunately, because of their big pharma education, they don't know the immune system. So they would say, oh, the virus comes to you, the virus eats away at your lung epithelial, vaccine comes and blocks it, okay? So that's their understanding. It's a very unfortunate, fake science, outdated model. The truth is that what the reason that this, it's important to understand this, whether this, this virus or any virus, is what actually happens is that if your immune system is weakened and dysfunctional, it happens as you age, it happens with people with pre-existing conditions, what happens is your own immune system overreacts. It's not like you're running on one six cylinders, you're running on one cylinder. And that one cylinder tries to make up for everything from an engineering standpoint. And it overreacts and it attacks not only the virus particles, but it also attacks the tissues and the cells where that virus particle happens to hang out. Does that make sense? So this is fundamentally different. So when it comes to whether it's a coronavirus or other, in the case of the coronavirus, this kind, like SARS, it goes to the lung epithelial, okay? Other different viruses go to different points, like the polio virus ends up going to your myelin sheets in your spine. So when you have an overreaction, you're going and attacking that and people get paralysis. But the key point that we need to understand if we wanna really talk about science is that it's your dysfunctional, weakened immune system attacking itself. But this is what um, what experts, uh, even the let's say um, designated experts, are saying that people who have dysfunctional immune systems, pre certain medical exactly. conditions, are more likely, much more likely, especially when uh, they age, to 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 be more sick or to be severely sick. Exactly. Which is what we're seeing in the United States. Um, there's a lot of people who have diabetes. Um, cardiovascular disease so naturally they would be more ill due to this coronavirus so nobody is actually um, saying anything against the point that you were just making well here's the point um, if you read a news article that's embedded way down in it they don't explain that because without the detailed understanding of that and exposition of that what is the solution now so let's say let, let's assume now they're saying it what is the solution well, what is their solution? So if you take a population of a thousand people and let's say 10 of those people are immunocompromised, smokers, diabetics, elder, like in Italy, 38% of the population is over the age of 65. So how are you gonna handle this systems problem? You have a population epidemiologically, which is prone, frankly, to dying from all sorts of things, okay? Because of their immunocompromised issue. Now you have an external pathogen coming in and do you blame that? as the basis for shutting down an entire economy of a thousand people? Or do you take a much more uh, personalized medicine approach? You see, one of the things that occurred in 2003 is we realized that we needed to move beyond one size fits all. That's medieval medicine. Everyone gets the same. You have diabetes, everyone gets the same drug. You have this, everyone gets the same drug. The goal was to recognize your body type, my body type are different. It's a right medicine for the right person at the right time. That's one of the emergent things that came from the Human Genome Project. I hope that's clear. So if you want to practice true medicine, even from the conventional Western system standpoint, why are you shutting down a whole economy? Why are you imposing for everyone, healthy people, 
people who are very critically ill, people who are in that immunocompromised people, the exact same medicine and destroying an economy. That too, in a fundamental way, is an overreaction. So we have the overreaction of the immune system in these, in these immunocompromised people, and then you have politicians overreacting and shutting down economies. Let me however, just- However, you have recognized that this, I will call it a novel coronavirus, um, is highly infectious. Um, and still you are heavily criticizing um, the shutdown and even uh, calling this, uh, uh, you're heavily criticizing the shutdown, which is happening pretty much all over the world. So is there perhaps a scenario where you would recognize that a shutdown of this sort would be maybe necessary? Well, look, uh, so you're asking a good, good question. So let me ask you a question to answer that. When H1N1 took place, 56 million, 17% of the United States population was infected. Did we shut down the U.S. economy? No. Okay. How many people died? Also a novel approach. How many people died? 60,000 people. Okay. Did we shut down the U.S. economy? No. Okay. So the question eventually comes for any common sense person rationally to say, why are we shutting down the entire economy? And they are arguing that it is more infectious than perhaps the H1N1 virus. Okay. So let's, let's go through that, right? How many different viruses do we know with an infection rate like this? And if you look at H1N1, or for that matter, um, the number of deaths that took place, even in the worst case, that was about 15% of the US population got infected. Let us take for the sake of argument, two times that many people get infected, which would be 30%. So in the United States, 90 million people. And let's take, and that was 0.3% of the population of the United States died from it, if you work out the numbers. Let's double that, in this case, 0.6%, so I'm doubling the infectivity rate, doubling the infectivity in, uh, death rate to 0.6. That would mean 540,000 people die, right? In the worst case, yeah. okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't compute that as quickly Yeah, yeah as but basically, 15% H1N1, double mm-hmm. it, 30%, roughly the US population is 30 million, so 90 million people. In the case of H1N1, 0.3% of the people got infected and died. Uh, so I'm doubling it to 0.6, you get 540,000 people. Well, how many people die in the United States of heart disease? About 600,000 people. Uh, I'm not sure. I think uh, the daily rate that I checked today, 2017, was about it's between 7,700 to 8,300 people that die altogether daily in the United That's States. That's daily, but heart disease, heart disease, 540,000 people die. 600,000, okay? Cancer. But is heart disease infectious? You know, well, you well, back to that argument. yeah, but here's the thing. Let's talk about, but let's, I'm, I'm following through just the numbers without um, this fear mongering. If you applied even quote unquote infectious fear mongering, 540,000 people die. And that's a lot of people, maximal. Well, 600,000 people already die of heart disease today. 500,000 people die of cancer. 440,000 people die of medical errors. And another 200,000 people die of pharmaceutical drugs drugs and 1.9 million people get hospitalized. Where is a shutdown? If you, we really care about public health, which we all do, then let's talk about obesity. 30% of the United States population is obese. Where is a shutdown? I think maybe there should be a shutdown for that. Where is a shutdown for all these other ailments that are taking place at a fundamental level? 54% of the American youth have some type of autoimmune disorder, 54%. One out of five kids has a mental issue going on. Where is a shutdown? And what we're talking about is a biased approach to medicine. 
because it does not serve the interests of big pharma because the people I'm talking about, the examples, serve big pharma. And it's not about addressing the real issues. And this is what people need to wake up to. Yes, we care about people. Where is a shutdown for all the heart disease, the medical errors, the obesity, etc.? You know why? Because those things are caused by big agriculture and big pharma. And that truth does not want to be addressed by the mainstream media because they are paid by big pharma and big ag. Go look at their ad revenue. So if we want to get down to truth and we want to talk about science, let's really talk about science. Let's not talk about numbers in this broad swath context. Let's compare them relatively because this is about public health. And that public health discourse needs to take place. So you've described this crisis as one of the, and I quote, biggest fear-mongering hoaxes ever. Would you care to explain how the entire world is presumably just falling for this hoax? Well, not the entire world. If you talk to people, a lot of people are upset. The American working people are getting more and more upset. The people, well, let's talk about the politicians, right, and decision-makers. Yeah, so... Presumably calling for it. Um, look, what's occurred uh, because of the unfortunate, uh, unfortunate aggregation amalgamation of media, the unfortunate amalgamation and centralization of power of big hospitals and big pharma, you have a finite set of people who can control narratives. And this isn't even conspiracy theory. This has been well written about by Robert McChesney. Noam Chomsky has written about it, Manufacturing Consent. You can go do PhD theses on this. And what we're witnessing right now, someone like me who has the credentials, I was able to get incredible credentials, is actually able to speak out about it. I have all their credentials from MIT. I won a Fulbright scholarship. I was nominated for the National Medal of Technology and Innovation for the US uh, Medal, so I'm not some kook, all right? What I do know is that the scientists in academia, unfortunately, they too have become part of big academia because since the passage of the Mansfield Amendment in 1970, we got rid of great scientists. It's academics. So academics shut their mouth, and many of them, my friends at MIT, they say, Shiva, what you're saying is absolutely right, but I'm not gonna say that, because I have a family to feed. And that's what's happened. So I was fortunate, because I was an inventor, also made my own money, I run my own research center, so I don't owe anything to anyone, Jasmine. But the fundamental issue here is the noble duty of science was to tell the truth. So I'm telling the truth when I say this will go down in history as one of the biggest fear-mongering hoax, because it serves three purposes to destroy economies. We're seeing the massive destruction of the US economy. 17 million people are out of work. Two, we're seeing the unequivocal uh, 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 planning of big pharma, the WHO and CDC to mandate medicine. In six months from now, you won't be able to get your driver's license card. That's what they want. Where's your vaccine card? You won't be able to go to a gym. You won't be able to go to a discotheque, etc. Think about that. And, and why? It's because big pharma is losing money. Look, my technology, Cytosol, when I first created, one of our big target customers was pharma because you know why? Our technology helps figure out toxicity without killing animals. And if you look at their business model, they create what are called pharmaceutical drugs, synthetic compounds. Year over year over year, go look at the data. 30% they spend more and more and more in R&D. And you would think if you spend more R&D, you should be getting more Allowances. Well, they're getting 30% less and less allowances. Why? Because even the FDA is recognizing that their products are toxic. So pharma companies are looking for, they basically have a burning building happening right here. Their existing business model, they're losing trillions. 
So their new business model is vaccines. Why? Because pharmaceutical drugs, you can sue the vaccine manufacturer. You can take them to court. They spend $5 billion, seven, uh, 13, 14 years. Very expensive, high risk, low reward. You can get sued. Vaccines, no risk. You know why? Because they don't go through the same regulatory framework. They call them biologics. All right. Number two, you can't sue vaccine manufacturers. Thank you, Ed Kennedy and, and the politicians who protected Big Pharma. So you can't sue them. And if you can, you have to go to a vaccine court run by the U.S. government, which means taxpayers pay for it. You see what I'm saying? This is not being mentioned in any news in the mainstream media, what I'm talking about. And more importantly, no one is talking about, okay, let's talk about public health. Let's talk about heart disease. Let's talk about cancer. Let's talk about immunocompromised people. How do you really help them? Boost the immune system. Beef up the immune system. Why are they getting the cytokine storms? Why is the immune system overreacting? And I'll tell you why. Because different parts of that subsystem, if you have a car or you have an engine or you know anything about basic engineering, all the parts need to work together. If your carburetor ain't working right and your fuel injection system ain't working right and you're, and you're only firing on three cylinders, what's gonna happen? Your car's gonna probably putter along and make all sorts of noise. It's not gonna be a happy thing. That's what's going on with the immune system. But MDs do not know systems. I have a lot of friends who are MDs. Some of them weren't the smartest people. They just slogged it through. MDs do not learn systems. You know what an MD learns? And by the way, I'm leaving surgeons out of it. Those guys actually have to solve problems. MDs, if this, do this. If this, do this. Give this drug or give this uh, medical intervention. That's what they learn. It's unfortunate. And they get an inflated ego when they frankly maybe get five hours of immune system training. That's it. So, um. Um, what I take is, and what I understood from the statements that I've read uh, of, of you and watched your interviews, is that your your biggest concern is mandated medicine. So just this weekend, Bill Gates was on one of our German public television channels, and he was talking about vaccinating um, seven billion people. So, so what is there? That you about? go. As I predicted, the goal is they will crash the entire U.S. economy, even if it's printing money for six trillion to get 7.2 billion, and this is the part of the sustainable development goals. Imagine 7.2 billion people giving them a thousand bucks a year, $7.2 trillion. Bill Gates knows no biology, did not invent DOS, comes from a wealthy family, and he has been anointed as though he knows what he's doing because what he did was he stole money from the public coffers. His foundation should have been paying taxes. They move it to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, do some great PR, as though he's gonna be the savior of all the dark people on the planet. It's racist. It's institutionalized racism, what he's doing. And fundamentally, his goal is mandated medicine. Look at his partners. Hillary Clinton, you know, Chan Zuckerberg, you know, the CDC, the WHO, Big Pharma. These are his buddies. These are the circles he hangs around with. So we need to look at these people want to do top-down medicine. Why? Well, simple is follow the money. Follow the money. $7 trillion per year recurring revenue to a pharmaceutical industry that's going down the tubes. And let's ask how Bill Gates, does Bill Gates eat organic food? I bet you, bet you he does. Let's find out how he eats and lives. Why don't we do an interview with him? Does he eat garbage? Does he eat genetically engineered food? I bet you he doesn't. But he wants but to. How does that, but how does that work? You know, shutting down the entire economy, not just in the United States, but but in other countries as well, 
And on the other side, you have big pharma that may benefit from the situation. Not may, not may, not, not, not may, they will. Okay, it's, it's, yes, it's... but how does that offset one the other? You know, letting an entire economy break down in, in, in multiple countries, right. not just the United States, and then having a few um, pharmaceutical companies take the win, um, how, that, that doesn't seem like uh, it's worth it. Well, have you done the numbers? Do the math. No. Okay, you should do the math and you'll find out how worth it is for them. You have a trillion dollar industry called Big Pharma, and this is a central point, is burning down, okay? They're pharmaceutical drugs, people aren't buying them. Look at Sanofi's stock for cardiology drugs and diabetes drugs, tanking, okay? Uh, do you eat organic food? Do you try to eat healthy? Do you do yoga? No, the no. Food in Germ the food in Germany is better quality. No, no, but do you yourself try to live a good lifestyle? Do you try to exercise? Okay, now that wasn't true 20 years ago. The average 10 million people, uh, one, uh, 10, uh, I'm sorry, 30 million people in the United States now do yoga. Think about that. So you have this trend where people are saying, I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to find out the right foods for my kids. I'm going to start understanding vitamins and herbs. This did not occur, Jasmine, 10 years ago. And so therefore, big pharmacies, their entire business model tanking. And I, if you want, we can do a whole analysis and you can bring all the economists in the world and we will show you the data that their business model is tanking. It's burning to the ground, literally. So they need a new business model. And that business model is vaccines. Why? Or cell therapies. They're called biologics. They don't need to go through the same stringent testing and they avoid all the litigation. So if you're, if you're Toyota, imagine one day uh, or uh, Mercedes, since you're in Germany, they said, you know what? Mercedes doesn't need any more testing. You could put out a car. If the wheels fall off, you're completely protected. So if you're Mercedes, you're like, okay, I'm going to go to that business model because you have no liability. Remember, it was not that long ago, 10 years ago, when Toyota put out brake pedals, which did not work. They were recalled. They lost $16.2 billion in one day in stock value. That is what pharma is looking at. Their drugs are failing. They do not work. More and more people want healthy lifestyles. They need to mandate vaccines. That's what this is about. And so when you talk about the economics, well, look at it this way. $7 trillion, let's say the 7.2 billion people, let's say everyone pays a thousand bucks. What is that? $7.2 trillion per year. But why would everyone pay a thousand bucks? I don't understand. Well, on average, on average, if you take globally, okay? Take globally, okay, probably in the US, it'll be probably 10 times more, okay? I'm talking about globally. You can, you can figure out whatever numbers you want. I'm just using a round number. That's around $7.2 trillion over 10 years. That's about $100 trillion. I'm, I'm sorry, $700 trillion. I don't know what it is when it becomes 100, 1,000 trillion. That's a big return on investment. And you have to understand that this is no longer about nations anymore. There are, people, there are forces which go beyond nations. It's called the global elite. And do they exist? Of course they do. They don't invest in America. They're not nationalists anymore in Russia. They invest broadly across all, they cross national boundaries. And that's what we're seeing. Those national boundaries today involve foundations like the Gates Foundation, like the Clinton Global Initiative, like the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation. These people, they're basically their own governments because what have they done? They take billions of dollars out of tax revenue they should have given, put it into their foundations, and that foundation Foundations are used to dictate public policy. Did you elect Bill Gates? I didn't elect him. Did you elect Mark Zuckerberg? I didn't elect him. Did you elect the Clintons? We didn't. But they are fueling public policy top down. Public policy that you and I never decided. Public policy like this, 
like the Sustainable Development Goals 3 that was passed in 2015, which says they're going to have this utopia. And in order to achieve that utopia, you should go read the IA 2030 report, which says that in order to achieve this fictitious utopia, that the goal is everyone must be vaccinated. And you know who supported that? The Institute, uh, the International Federation of Pharmaceutical Man Manufacturers, IFPMA. Look them up. Run, the executive owners of that are Roach, two, I mean, the executive heads of that, Eli Lilly and Shinogi. A global... So does that mean, so does that mean a, a corona vaccine would be just the beginning? Exactly. Exactly. You nailed it. It's the beginning of a whole new model of conducting medicine, top-down medicine. Think about that. What's going to happen September of next year? And they're preparing for it. Jasmine, you know what? You can't go outside. You got to get your test. I got to give you the corona vaccine. You know what? Your neighbors, who they fear-mongered, will also call the cops on you. That's already starting to happen here, where people are saying, hey, this is fascism. We know what happened in Germany. This is not that long ago, 1940s. This is called fascism 2020. That's what it is. You have neighbors calling people on neighbors, all based on a fic fic fiction, a fictitious concept of the immune system, all false. Do you think we would have survived this long, 7.2 billion people? We're, we're a walking factory of germs. The germ theory since this inception, since Louis Pasteur and Robert Koch has always been the trajectory of always blaming some germ. They were trying to blame a germ for heart disease. They were trying to blame a germ for, it's called retrovirus theory of cancer. Where, uh, you know, Peter Duisberg exposed that, the discoverer of the oncogene. Blaming a germ and a virus is a very powerful way to confuse and fear monger masses of people. And so that's what we're witnessing. Our, so maybe for our German viewership who is seeing terribly disturbing uh, videos and pictures from New York, high infection rates and, and people, more people dying than in the rest of the world. What is your take on that and why are you not concerned? I am deeply concerned. I've been involved in the health industry for 40 years. I'm concerned about the entire immune system being compromised. I'm the guy who wrote five, six research papers exposing Monsanto. Glyphosate destroys the immune system gut bacteria. Where's the public uproar on that? Nothing. I've been, I've been the fighter on the front lines for nearly 20, 30 years for health. But there's been no concern about when companies like Monsanto destroy the soil, destroy biodiversity, which affects our gut microbiome. Where is the public outcry of the fact that only a few people can afford organic foods, that there's pesticides everywhere? Where is a public outcry that the FDA in the United States, I don't know if you know this, the FDA in the United States, it's quite fascinating, they, you cannot brand something jam or jelly unless it has 40% sugar. Did you know that? 40% sugar. Well, what is sugar? Sugar is the number one thing that causes candida to grow in your body. Thousands of papers written on this. And you're talking to a biological engineer from MIT. This is not some woo-woo person telling you this. Thousands of papers showing how refined sugar grows candida. You know what candida does? Candida creates gliotoxins. You know what gliotoxins do? They knock out one of your cylinders, which is your macrophages. And they also knock out your T cells. You know what that is? Immunocompromising. And that creates autoimmune disorders. Where's the public outcry? I'm the guy who's been talking about that for 20 years. So you want to start talking to me about a coronavirus suddenly and you're so scared? It's all bullshit because your fear mongering is, doesn't match the history of all the other diseases that take place by big agriculture and big pharma. So if people want to be honest, let's talk about the epidemic, true epidemic 
of what's going on throughout the world. India is going to have 300 million diabetics. Are you? Do you know that? 300 million diabetics because they're moving away from their traditional diets. They're going to be eating Domino's pizza and sugar and sugar and sugar. 300 million diabetics. Who does that create business for? Cardiologists, Lipitor, etc. Let's talk about. Let's have a real discussion about public health. That's why. Can I'm, we yeah. talk about? Can we talk about the current situation in New York? Because this is what people. Well, are yeah. Watching. Let's talk about the current situation. How, how many of those people have are immunocompromised? How many of those people are blacks? I know that a lot of Americans not, are very... No, no, no. How, do you know what the numbers are? First, no, I don't know. Well, let's talk about that. Before we start saying, do you know how many people are getting... This is just nonsense. Let's actually do science. Because science is not about theories. It's about how much. How much in the context of the big picture. Mathematics does matter, even though America is educating students that you, everyone gets a trophy even if you get the wrong answer. That's the nonsense that's taking place. Math does matter. I used to spend a lot of time until 2, 3 a.m. doing math problems. I'm a very good mathematician, still to this day. Math does matter. You know what the math shows? We don't know what the numerator and the denominator is. We don't know what the numerator and the denominator is. Anyone who's coming in, the WHO has created two codes for COVID. This is the World Health. One is positively identified for COVID-19. And how are they doing that? They're doing a DNA polymerase chase, uh, chain reaction. Uh, if you go look at Kerry Mullis, who's one of the discoverers of that, who won the Nobel Prize, he says those tests can be so off. And he's, you know, he recently passed away. Look him up, Kerry Mullis. The PCR uh, exam t tries to hunt for a little piece of nucleotides, amplifies it. Do you know every one of us probably has a coronavirus of some form? Every one of us. So we don't really know what the numerator is. Second, they created another code, which was like anything sort of sounds like COVID, put it under COVID. Hospital administrators are being incentivized to put things under COVID for money and ventilators. So when we talk about the numerator and the denominator, and you talk about the politicization, which is someone like Andrew Cuomo, who wants to see a disaster take place, we don't know the numbers, but we do know this. That, and you can look at the numbers, the number of pneumonia, we're still in the flu season, as you know, the number of pneumonia patients, interesting enough, is coming down, almost literally equivalent to how many people are going up in COVID. You say, so we don't know the numerator, we don't know the denominator, we do know that there's incentives for hospital administrators to brand people as COVID-19 and the secondary code. However, how many people died of the flu as of today, last year, and this year? And you'll find out the numbers are pretty much the same. So uh, maybe uh, for the last question, in Germany, the officials will decide um, this week whether or not to reopen schools and stores and, yeah. and so on and so forth. Um, the initial regulation, just for your information, was imposed until April 19th, so it should end um, next Monday. Um, other European countries are um, exiting their lockdown mode, um, Denmark, Spain, Norway. So what are your thoughts on, on ending these strict corona regulations, although we do not know yet if German officials are truly going to, to go into an exit strategy? Well, look, I think all these governments, in fairness to the people of the world, they should damn re release all the actual data. I want to see the actual data. I want to see every COVID patient's data and all their pre-existing conditions. Look, we just had a very close friend, a guy who has been 40-year smoker. You know, he's an older gentleman, 
whenever he gets pneumonia, he's been intubated. This is before this. Well, he just went in and he, was, he had COVID, okay, with the PCR test. Well, if something happens to him and he passes away, what are they going to brand him as? COVID. His entire history of horrible smo smoking, horrible eating, being overweight will be forgotten. This is one of the biggest scams that's taking place. So I would put on the table, let them send me their data. Let them put, put up the data on the cloud. We as a public, the, um, the working people all over the world who've been suffering from this, deserve to see all the actual data. I mean, I wanna see a little Excel spreadsheet, person A, their, their rating, which was the two codes, and all of their pre-existing conditions. And I will put money on it. A, they won't give, release that data. And B, that when you look at it, it'll be 90% plus at pre-existing conditions. And they were on death's row anyway, through flu well, or something else. Well, happened in Italy. So we know this about Italy. We have a, um, I hope this is the, the right word for it, pathologist in... Um, and by the way, you don't want to end up in an Italian hospital. A lot of my friends, you don't want to end up in an Italian hospital, okay? They're horrible. It's a death sentence to go there. So if you're 38% or greater than 60 and you go there, you're basically screwing yourself. Now, I want to also point out, because this is sort of a public service announcement, there's been no discussion of giving people IV vitamin C, particularly those critically care people, when there's been hundreds and hundreds of papers written. It has been a therapy in the ICU. Why aren't we seeing that? Why aren't we seeing any medical official talk about high dose IV vitamin C to address this? These are the things that are really, really criminal that's taking place because they want to replace the V and vitamin with vaccines or the V and vitamin with ventilators. Those latter two make big money. And 90% of the people who go on ventilators are going to die. It's a death sentence. So we need to start asking some other questions, not the questions Jasmine, that they want us to talk, well, do you believe coronavirus? No, no, no. This is all bullshit questions, excuse my language, okay? Because I'm so annoyed as a scientist who looks at it, who spent his whole time on the math and the science and the physics, the level of complete disgraceful fraudulent activity that's taking place. And it's being done by an elite to destroy the world's economy because they want to, in one year from now, they want all of us to have mandated vaccines, either a chip or someone, and this is Bill Gates's big goal. That's what he wants, because he thinks he's better than you and I. This is an elitist attitude. Look, it wasn't 200, 300 years ago, we had kings running the world, be it Germany or the United States. There are people who thought that they had a direct connection to God. Do you think that attitude has changed? No, it hasn't. And that's what we're witnessing right now. We're seeing the same elite who think they're better than you and I. And they have, they can buy off scientists at MIT, they can buy off scientists at Harvard, they can buy off anyone. And that's what's going on. So it's time for people to wake up and start asking the right questions. One question is, what is the immune system? Two, is the immune system so weak? And let's look at the actual numbers and what will reveal to it, if we care about public health, it's a compromising of the immune system that's been taking place for years and years and decades with dirty air, dirty water, dirty food. And they don't want to address that because when you go to that problem, you'll find out that the real solution is that we need infrastructure. In the 1900s in this country, if you want to talk about infectious diseases, in the 1900s we had 14 out of 100,000 people dying of infectious diseases, 40 to 40, and then it came down by 1950, you know to what? A half a person. You know how that happened? Not vaccines, not pharmaceutical medicines, vitamin A, nutrition, etc. Mm -hmm. Sanitation. 
Today, we have dirty air, dirty water, dirty food. We need a new infrastructure revolution. And that's only going to happen when working people like you and I who work for a living raise hell. And they don't want that. So part of this coronavirus thing is just look at what's going on six months ago. Let's open our eyes. Let's get out of the world of social media. We had protests in Hong Kong, millions on the street, tens of thousands in Wuhan fighting pollution protests, Venezuela, two populist presidents got elected, leaders, Modi in India and Donald Trump here. This doesn't match, this doesn't resonate with those in power when people start rising up. What's happened? No more protests in Hong Kong, no more protests in France. And by the way, Italy was one of the centers of the medical freedom anti-vaccine movement. Go look at it. All of that is gone, gone off the front pages. What is on the front pages is Anthony Fauci, people in fear, people quarantine. And by the way, social isolation, you wanna talk about what really hurts viruses, uh, what causes virus infection, social isolation. Go look at the 1988 landmark study that's been done and Stephen Cole's work. When you isolate people, you destroy their immune systems. Worse, more detrimental than smoking, more detrimental than high blood pressure, more detrimental than obesity. That's what's going on. So let's really talk, ask real questions. And it's time that journalists started asking real questions. I think that's what we did here, Dr. Shiva. Yeah. I very much appreciate your time and your time for this interview. Um, thank you so much. I will, I will let you be with your audience on Periscope, YouTube. Okay, I hope you don't cut any of this out and you don't edit it. Um, well, we'll edit it a little bit, um, okay. but usually, no, no, don't worry about it. Okay. But it will be dubbed in German, but um, maybe you'll give it you'll give it a watch anyway. <laughs> no, I will, uh, but thank you very much, and, it, and, and thank you. Uh, again, this was RT Germany, Germany. wonderful <laughs> questions. I liked your questions. They were uh, very good to the point. Thanks, Jasmine. Be well. Thank, thank, thank you. you. And I'll just continue to, talking to my people out here. You okay. can stay on if you want. Um, so everyone, that was, Jasmine, what was your last name again? Kosebeck. Kosebeck from RT uh, Germany. As people know, the discussions that we're having is going global. A lot of people really want to understand what the hell is going on. They're tired of being isolated in their homes and things are not adding up. And what I hope I just shared today will inspire people to start asking real questions and overcome this fear. Because fear and ignorance are how we lose our freedom how we destroy truth. Take care, don't have to go, and, take and care. Thank you, and how we destroy health. And that's what's going on. So I want to encourage everyone to recognize that what's fundamentally going on is the journalists, by the way, all the, most of the journalists are like the mainstream academia. They're all pay to play or they're really stupid. And by the way, I'm gonna start doing every day, we're gonna start exposing a fake journalist because they start, by the way, the fake journalists have put out something that I said that we should use hot air treatment for coronavirus. <laughs> and this is idiots at BuzzFeed News and et cetera. So all these liberal journal journalists, I'm coming after you. Yes, I created the first email system. By the way, I, I have four degrees from MIT. You don't, and you probably can't even understand any chemistry. And we have a lot of these people who studied aardvark transgenderism or something like that, writing articles about science. They should not be allowed to do it. And we need to take control of our lives Social isolation actually hurts people's immune systems. You won't see the mainstream media talking about it. It's time that we built a bottoms up movement for truth, freedom, and health. Bottoms up, which means all of us start taking care of our health. And what I wanna, again, as I always have to do as part of you know what I do here, is I wanna encourage people 
to go and spend some time, go to, go to uh, you know, many of you know I'm running for US Senate, everyone should go to Shiva for Senate and take a moment to support our campaign because our campaign in Massachusetts is not a campaign just about running for Senate. That's not what I'm interested in. So if you go to Shiva for Senate, you will see that there is a uh, bottom of here where we're asking, first of all, we need to get um, signatures to get on the ballot. So if you go to shivaforsenate.com, everyone out there, if you know people in Massachusetts or you're in Massachusetts, go to Shiva for Senate, scroll down, you'll see something that says, get Dr. Shiva on the ballot. And if you scroll down there, you can click a button, one link, and because uh, the, the state here is imposing its will, we can't even go collect signatures, which we were doing, lots and thousands of them. So now we're doing it through electronically. So if you click on that link, it'll take you to a page. You simply fill out your name, your address. We will ship you out. In fact, right after now, me and Michelle and our volunteers are going out to mail people. We do it by our hand to mail people these nomination papers. They fill it out and they get it in. So everyone, tell your friends in Massachusetts to go to Shiva for Senate and fill out those sheets so we can get on the ballot. The second thing everyone should do is to support our campaign. Um, but when you support my campaign, what's different is I actually want to support you. So if you go to our campaign and you click on this beautiful little donate link, I want to train people on how systems work so people can actually free themselves. So there are principles of systems. So if you go to the donate link, you'll see there's a book called System and Revolution where I will teach you control systems theory, how everything is a system. I also give you access to a tool called Your Body, Your System. Click on that. And by the way, we were giving away for something ridiculous, 25, but we're noticing what's unfortunate because of these economic conditions, people are in distress. So whatever you can afford, do it, five, 10. And if you can't even afford that, send me an email and I'll give you a full scholarship. But this is really about educating people. That's what our campaign for truth, freedom, and health is about. And fundamentally, those people are outside of the country. You can also go right to your body, your system, and you can get the same capabilities. Again, if you go there, we're actually offering a scholarship for anyone in the world because we know people all over the world are in economic distress. So it's 25 there. If you can't afford it, you can get a full scholarship. It's the honor system because we trust everyone and we believe everyone wants to do the right thing. Anyway, this is Dr. Shiva for Senate. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure, the scientist. And also, oh, by the way, if you, go to, uh, if you go to the Shiva for Senate website, you will notice that right on the front, if you scroll down to where it goes, um, news, we have, um, and you click, there's a link down there which says Fire Fauci. And if you look down there, there's nearly now 69,000 people who have signed to eliminate Fauci. Fauci represents the antithesis of science. So go there, tell your friends. We update those numbers. It's probably up to 80,000 now, but we're fast approaching 100,000 and nearly three, two to 3,000 doctors have signed it. So there we go. I gotta go do some mailers and help our volunteers, but let's win. It's time that people win and let's use this crisis to learn how, how, what truth is. Let's use this crisis to learn that the mainstream media, the big pharma, you know, the big hospitals do not give a damn about health because if they did, they would be truly addressing health. They'd be, they'd be recognizing food is medicine and they do not do that. They want us to get unhealthy because that's how they profit. They profit from war, they profit from sickness. And we need to profit from our own health and it comes up to us. 
Anyway, thank you, everyone. Be the light. Be well. One second. I'll come. Let me. Sh